Welcome to the Social Chameleon Show, where it's our goal to help you learn, grow, and transform the person you want to become. Today, I had the honor and privilege of talking with Wes Schaefer, the sales whisperer. After being in the U.S. Air Force, Wes worked in the sales field, making a great income, traveling the country and the world, and still wasn't happy. Wes started the sales whisperer in 2006 to train passionate but confused sales managers, rehabilitate hungry but abused salespeople, and wake up dreaming entrepreneurs. Since then, he has helped over 5,000 executives, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals in over 29 countries achieve predictable, repeatable sales growth by implementing his transferable proven process. Wes combines an uncommon sense, pig-headed determination, and attention to detail to help his clients dig deep into what needs to be done to grow. He is a prolific writer with over 800 blog posts, two books in print, and his third one is set to release. Anytime now, and nearly 400 episodes of the Sales Podcast. Wes is a sought-after international speaker, sales trainer, copywriter who believes marketing is just sales in print. Wes has got some great, great tweetables, quotables, amazing plethora of knowledge and experience. I love his attitude of everything's your fault, and you got to figure it out, and you got to fix it. I just love it. I like. I think you guys are going to get a lot from this, even if you are not. Uh, a salesperson, or you're not an entrepreneur, you're not in this type of thing. These are fo- core fundamental skills. All of us need to know. All of us need to recognize. And, and, and you know, he really, he really does a good job of, of really, you know, going through all these different things. I hope you guys really enjoy this interview with Wes. Wes, welcome to the Social Chameleon Show. Thank you so much for reaching out and, and joining us here today. I really look forward to our conversation. Hey, thanks for having me. So as, as the listeners heard uh, in, in the beginning here, you, you really went through a lot, of, a lot of different things in the beginning of your, your life, your career. Uh, you went from the Air Force Academy to the Air Force to sales jobs and to the, currently what you're doing now. What was, what, was, what was going on? What were you seeing? What were you feeling that, that, that you just weren't happy or satisfied or whatever it was? You kept going from thing to thing to where you are now. Well, not all of them were my choice. You know, uh, I, mean, I left the Air Force on my own. Okay. Uh, and I had always loved uh, financial services. And sure. I, I had, um, you know, several licenses, my six, my 63, my seven, uh, my 65, uh, life insurance. I mean, I had all of it, mm-hmm. right? And I studied it for years. I'd been investing since 92. Uh, I got out in 97. I mean, I was looking forward to it. And ended up in, in a bad deal. Um, it took me, it was a, ended up being a three-year arbitration case that I won. Oh, wow. But I still, I was out of a job. Yeah. So, you know, with, um, I was unemployed. Uh, my second son was born when I was on unemployment. I'm in a town where I knew nobody other than my dad and my stepmom. And I had to put food on the table. Uh, so, and nobody would hire me because after six months of being at a job and you're in a lawsuit with your mm-hmm. employer, uh, it's tough to get a new gig after that. Right. I can, so, I can imagine. Yeah. And that kind of leads to the unhirable part of, of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, I replied to a classified ad selling mobile homes, you know, in Mobile, Alabama. And um, because it paid like 10 or 20 bucks a week more than unemployment. Wow. Uh, and my first 12 months, I made a hundred thousand dollars. I was like number 26 in the nation out of like 2000 salespeople. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, so I started in April, uh, late April of 98. I was promoted to manager 
in June of 99. So I was given my own store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing with mobile homes, I mean, I had to go to this little bitty town of 11,000 people up in North Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was there. I got there late June. Uh, I spent the 4th of July up there. So I know I was up there by then. And by December, we left because the company was going under. They uh, Eventually, Oakwood Homes went bankrupt. Uh, so, so now, you know, within two years, now a little over two years, I'm going, I got to get my third job. Right. Right. And, but we moved to Austin because I just wanted to be back in Texas. I wanted to be in a big city. I knew if I was in a big city, I'd find something. You know, I couldn't be in a town with 11,000 people and no family. Right. Yeah. Try to tough. figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got into this military recruiting company. We, we placed, uh, veterans leaving the service. That was right at the peak of the dot-com bubble. I was recruited away actually by a high-tech company, mm-hmm. but nobody knew it was the bubble. Right? So, yeah, everything was great then. Uh, it was all topping out, but you know, I hung on for several years and, um, it just, you know, that's just, that was just the beginning, man. And, um, but I spent a lot of time in high tech and because the nature of high tech working with startups, they don't all make it. Right. You know, and so, but I kept learning. Uh, I was still making, you know, I made over a hundred thousand dollars every year, but I was working really hard for it. And I kept learning and kept applying myself, kept testing new things. You know, one thing led to another. And now here I am on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What, you know, there, there's that time. It seems like, you know, those, those, those two, three years where things were just not going your way. What was the self-talk like? What was the things going on in your head? How did you stay afloat and and not let that just all pull you down into the, the death spiral? Well, I mean, a lot of times it was really dark. Um, you know, I mean, there were some tough times. I mean, I, and throughout all that, because I made good money, I had, and we lived within our means. That was the other thing, right? So mm-hmm. I had money to invest. And man, I kissed more frogs. I had more bad deals, bought into a franchise, lost everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up in a three-year audit by the state of California that eventually won. Uh, ended up invested in commercial, uh, some apartments with a former boss of mine. Uh, he lost it all. Uh, and I had to pay back my friends that I guaranteed. So not only did I lose my money, I had to pay them back. Uh, so, I mean, it, a lot of dark times, but you know, the main thing, it's like, look, like they say, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Right. Right. And so you got to take a step back and say, how did I get here? You know, whose fault is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Such and such was a jerk and he mismanaged the money. Well, but I, I chose him as a partner. I put my money in that deal. I chose not to, check it out closer, you know? So, and then I finally realized, stop investing in others, invest in myself, right? And so when I started putting money in my own mentors and coaching, um, things got better. And so I just kept doubling down on me, you know? And, and finding, you know, if I had a gap in an area, you know, a skill set or whatever, I'd either hire somebody to do it or, buy a program so I could learn or, you know, whatever, hire somebody to do it and teach me real quick. And, um, you know, that was the main thing. It's, um, cause you know, you gotta look around, even when times are tough, like you look around, it's like, give me a break. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got a thousand dollar iPhone in your hand. Yeah. Probably a $2,000 computer you're on. Yeah. You got air conditioning. 
you're probably binge watching Game of Thrones. Uh, it ain't that bad. Right. Okay. Yeah. Things may be tough. Yeah. Um, you may not know what, what's going to come tomorrow, but you know what? Tomorrow may not come. So quit your worrying and, you know, keep pushing ahead. You know, it's either that or quit, right? And the people are like, I remember my great-grandfather. He, um, he was in his late 90s when he died. And I was, I was hanging out with him. I was 21, maybe pushing 22. And um, we sat on his front porch swing. And he was laughing. And he said, the key is to get you a job with a good pension. He said, I've drawn a pension longer than I worked. And he laughed. He, he, he. Because he was the anomaly, right? Right Back in the day, I mean, when Social Security was invented, I mean, the age was 65, when the life expectancy was like 57 or something like that. Right. You know, so they, they literally, I mean, you were supposed to pay into it and never get it. And life expectancies have increased like 17 or 19 years since right. Social Security was created. So that's why all these companies did away with pensions. All right. They went away from defined benefits um, to defined um, investment or whatever. Right. So they'll, they'll, get, they'll match a little bit up front, but then they're done. They're like, we don't want to guarantee these returns because mm-hmm. people are living too long. Yeah. You know, so but if I listen to my great grandfather. You know, I'd work at an airline and go bankrupt and lose my pension, work at a car you know, manufacturer, go bankrupt, lose my pension. I mean, pensions are going away. So you got to be careful whose advice you follow, right? Yeah, and that was the t- tried and true safe uh, safe advice of the day. You know, I've, everybody, you know, worked for somebody for 20, 30 years, got a gold watch, and you, like your grandfather, did sat on the porch and enjoyed life from then on out. Yeah, he, I mean, he had it good, right? He's living in Texas, got some property, got some cows, go fishing, driving his old Dodge truck. Life was good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, I, um, through doing some research and stuff, I, you know, I'm, I'm reading a lot of the stuff you, you, you put out and a lot of things people say about you. You're, you're really good at storytelling. What, what is it that the power of storytelling and what are people missing with that? Well, if you look back, I mean, as humans, we are storytellers. I mean, going back to the cavemen drawing on caves, right? They were, those were cartoons, right? Basically. Yeah. And people, uh, you know, underestimate the power of a comic. Um, and to their own demise. Uh, what did Jesus do, right? He didn't say, go, go write a, he didn't say go write a novel, go write a book, go write the Bible, right? He told stories. Right. He met people where they were. And that's what we have to do in sales. Mm-hmm. We have to adjust how we sell to match how our prospects buy. And so the curse of knowledge is a real thing. When we do something for too long, you know, it's like, I just got done with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Tuesdays I go at, for our noon class. And, you know, our instructor, he's, he's, a, he's literally the world champ for his division. But what makes him a great teacher is that he, he's never forgotten what it's like to not know something. Mm-hmm. So he, he gets into the, the most the minute details to teach something. Because when you see him perform a move, you know, there's literally 20 things he might do in, in two seconds. Right. Where does your left foot go? What's the angle of the foot? Are you, is, is the pressure on your heel or on your toe? What about you? How much do you bend your knee? Where does your right foot go? What about your left elbow? Is the elbow down? Is it up? Where's the wrist? I mean, they literally will teach us like angles of the, of the wrist mm-hmm. on how to finish a choke. 
right? So literally 20, maybe 50 things. Like, where's the weight transition? All these things. But he, he knows that we don't know it. And so he'll break it down. You know, and it takes a while. You got to do steps one through three. You're like, okay, all right. Or now I'm ready for four and five. And so that's, it's a skill. It's an art. I mean, it's a little bit of both. But if you can just remain cognizant, right? Look in the eyeballs of your prospect and see if they're getting it. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing you can, you can do is assume the experience of your prospects. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and there's always a, a dichotomy, right? A, a, a trade-off, right? Great taste, less, less filling. If I, I'll always ask somebody, I don't want to insult them. Mm-hmm. Like they'll ask me about HubSpot, right? So very complicated software, very powerful, tons and tons of modules and upgrades. And so I don't want to start at the beginning if they know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to, I don't want to skip ahead if they don't. Right. So it's just like, I'll just ask them, and they say, can you show me HubSpot? I'm like, well, what is your experience with other CRMs? What is your experience with this, that, or the other? Uh, and when they tell me that, then I can, I can start where they are. They're like, oh, I'm on chapter two. Okay, great. It's a 20 chapter book. Great. At least I don't have to start at the introduction. And then I'll take them from there. So, but yeah, you need to understand, uh, hey, as soon as, you know, if you were to play the Star Wars music, right? And the, and the slow scroll. Yeah. Bam. Right. I go, when did it start? Was it 1977 or 1979? I forget. One or the other. But I was there, right? I'm, I'm 49. I was there for the first Star Wars. And when I hear that music, I am taken back to 1977. Okay. That's just how we're wired as human beings. So get good at telling stories. We, we, we talk too much about the facts. And again, it's the curse of knowledge. Mm-hmm. We talk too much and we, we wear our people out. Uh, and then they say, that was very nice. Thank you for taking your time. That was a great presentation. You know, if you could leave us some, the brochure and send us some more information and we'll get back to you. You're dead. <laughs> the cha- yeah, you're dead. But the chances, the reason why they're saying that is probably because you went too fast, you used too much jargon, you talked over their heads, and they just did not want to admit their ignorance. Right. Okay. And ignorance is different from stupidity, right? Ignorance just means you don't have any experience with it. It doesn't mean you're dumb. Right. I, I, I'm ignorant of heart surgery procedures, <laughs> yeah. but I could learn it. Right. If I had eight or 10 or 12 years, I could, you know, <laughs> and a lot of money, yeah. I could go learn it. Uh, so, but it doesn't mean you couldn't explain the fundamentals of what it takes in a heart surgery. Uh, but again, meet them where they are. You've got to be good. My kids, they always roll their eyes. They're like, oh, here comes an analogy from dad. <laughs> But they also understand the question when we're done, mm-hmm. right? So I remember I learned this years ago when we were doing uh, sales training at Dell. Um, and first, you have to be the same before you're different. Okay. And so it's basically meeting them where they are, mm-hmm. you know? So like I sold, I sold against Dell. It was funny. Um, before that, I had a 
sales training job with them, but I sold against them before that. And basically, I would tell people we were selling these blade PCs, these computers on a stick, basically, that were in a closet, like a server, but it was a PC. So basically, I would just tell them, are you familiar with a desktop, with a tower, with all these different footprints? They're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's just on a stick, and you slide it in a rack, and you run a long cable for the monitor. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll look at that. Yeah. Fine. You know, you got to wait for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you can move to the next step. What What is the What is the thought process like? Because I I I I I feel what you're saying, and I I know this intellectually. And sometimes it's hard, especially when you're talking to somebody, and you just kind of you get in that mode, and it's just you spit off a couple acronyms, and you, and you think, oh, and then and then you know, like you're saying. People are just like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar, familiar with that. And you know, after you, you're done, you replay it back later, you're like, oh, they had no idea what I was talking about. How, right. do, you, how do you hone that? How do you cultivate that? What do what some tricks or steps or processes look like to, to pull yourself back and say, I can't talk to people this way. This is industry jargon. They do not understand and, and knowing the difference. Yeah, well, it's the... Um you know, the ABCs of selling, right? Right. And it's the worst thing ever in the world of sales. <laughs> right. So it comes from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. That, that movie came out, I think in 1992. Mm-hmm. It was based on a, on a Broadway play from like 87 or even earlier. And it was written by, by a dude who worked in a real estate office, like in the, I don't know, the seventies. And he saw his dad selling in the sixties. All right. So his dad was trained by people in the fifties. So this is literally like a 70 year old acronym. Yeah. You know, we're still hanging on to always be closing. Uh, Uh, No, the new ABCs are always be courteous. Oh, always be curious. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about your situation. I don't, if I show up and talk, 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 if I get my emotional needs filled mm-hmm. by you, right? You're, oh, wow, that Wes, that's a smart guy. He's a really smart salesman. He's, you know, he really knows his stuff. A lot of salesmen don't really know their stuff. They're just there to kind of buy lunch and, and ask for the order. But that Wes guy, he's a really smart, he's a good presenter, good speaker. He really, he really knows this stuff. I mean, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not buying from him, but he's really smart. I mean, so that's what a lot of salespeople do. They, they're getting their emotional basket filled mm-hmm. right? they got some void daddy didn't love them enough or whatever I don't know so they go get it filled from their prospects so you got to always be curious I'm curious what's going on with you mm-hmm. okay the only way I can know that is if I ask a lot of questions okay and then always be concise if I'm talking more than you I'm in trouble right okay now, it's not an inquisition. I can't show up and ask you 100, 100 questions while shining a flashlight on you and, and splashing you with cold water, right? There needs to be a give and take. When friends get together, you ask each other a bunch of questions, right? How's the family? How's the kids? How's work? Oh, what are you, oh you're training for a triathlon. Oh, good. You're going to run a marathon. Oh, you're adding on to the house. Oh, wow. You're digging a pool, blah, blah, blah. And then you share stories, mm-hmm. Oh, man, my neighbor built the pool. Oh, yeah, when I was training for a triathlon, I learned this. You should try the keto diet. Oh, you should try intermittent fasting. Oh, you, you know, you're, you, but then you, so you give and take. You ask some questions, but it, hopefully it's equal. Right. Right? So, you know, the old adage is you have two ears and one mouth. Use them proportionately. 
That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Okay. But the prospect does need to feel like there's a, a dialogue. Okay. So you got to talk some. Right. Uh, and, and studies have shown, right, they've done using artificial intelligence and, and listening to calls, listening to closing calls, and then rewinding the tape, going back to the beginning. The hard questions were answered early on. Mm-hmm. And the dialogue was pretty even. Uh, so, so always be courteous, always be curious. Right? I don't know if I mentioned courteous before. But, you know, so you be, be nice, right? Treat right. treat people like humans, not just dollar figures. So be courteous, be curious, be concise. Okay, answer the question, share relevant information, and then ask another question. Okay, because if I'm not, you know, whoever's asking questions is in control of the conversation. If that prospect is constantly peppering me, how long have you been in the business? What type of intellectual property do you have? Tell me what the number of trademarks. Is this compatible with Windows 95? You know, on, and on, on. You're just like, yes, no, uh, I don't know. Uh, and then they're going to catch you. You're like, oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, it's not. Later on, you told us. So this contract's void because you said, you know, at 1022 a.m. on March 17th. You know, oh, if you're asking <laughs> questions, you're not going to get yourself in trouble. Right. All right. So get better at asking questions. So always be curious, always be courteous, always be concise. What's your, your favorite method or your best tip or advice or book or whatever it is to get better at asking questions? Oh, a question specifically? Um, or, or, or the thought process or what goes into to, to feeling that out, knowing what questions to ask, understanding the room or the mood or, or, or your prospect or whoever it is and saying, there's something here I need to, I need to ask more, I need to dig more. Like, how do you learn, hone that skill? Well, so again, there's, um, there's a contradiction here. On the one hand, study as much as you can. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you need to give yourself time to apply what you learned. Okay? It's not good enough to read 100 books. Mm-hmm. You need to apply the skills of one book. Right? So I just reread The Ultimate Sales Machine. It's sitting oh, right book. here. I know Ted Miller. He was uh, Chet Holmes' partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I, I could literally flip to any page and you can see better than me because I'm showing you the camera. Sure. Every page is underlined. Yes. Right? yes. Every page, you know, most pages there's notes, you know, and then I've got, you know, uh, index card, got multiple index cards in here on the very back. You know, I've got additional like super key points I got to get to. Mm-hmm. So this book won't get off of my desk, even though I reread it. And I just finished it on this trip. I was just came back from. Mm-hmm. It won't get off my desk till I go through and apply the notes that I took. Yeah. Now, I'm still reading other books, right? This guy, Brian, was a guest on my podcast. So I'm reading his book, The Index Business Card Plan. Mary Lou Tyler, she was a guest, Predictable Prospecting. I'm going to get through her book, right? So um, I'm learning, and, and sometimes it takes me a long time to get through book because I'm reading it, and I'm, I'm going through it and applying it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not enough. And I, I use that the, the, the point from Bruce Lee in my talk last week. You know, he says, I'm not afraid of a guy that studied 10,000 kicks. I'm afraid of the guy that studied one kick, you know, practiced one kick 10,000 times. Right. And it's true. Right. In jujitsu, I, I was always mesmerized. I'm still mesmerized by these higher belts. I mean, they feel it feels like they're aliens from another planet. It's like, how do you do the things you do? Yeah. Uh, and, they, and it's literally, it's just, they have failed more times than I have tried, mm-hmm. right? My instructor is like a fifth degree black belt. So he's, he's been 
a just a black belt 10 times longer than I've trained. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah. he has just failed more. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I see it, right? I, I I fail, I miss something, then somebody shows me. Now, now it relates to me, right? We could spend eight hours, he could show me four thousand moves, and I would remember maybe two of them. Mm-hmm. You gotta go fail, have it sting, and go, how do I make that sting go? How do I make it to where I never feel that pain again? Well, do this. Okay. Now I can recognize that and do that, right? So so damn near anybody is good, right? I mean, you've got to, you need to look at yourself and say, where am I weak? Am I not good at setting appointments? Am I not good at reaching decision makers? Am I not good at setting firm appointments? You know, am I setting appointments, but then they're blowing me off? Do I think I'm reaching the decision maker and I get there and and they shunt me down to somebody, you know, that can't make the decision? Uh, Am I not good at at negotiation? Are my proposals terrible? Okay. Am I not good at getting referrals or testimonials? So you got to nail this down and then go find, you know, once you go, yes, I'm going to get better at asking for referrals. Do a quick Amazon search, go buy the top three recommended books on referrals Mm -hmm. and devour them, right? Dog ear them, rip pages out, make your own notes, make your own index cards until you're perfect. And then you can set those books aside. It's okay. I got to get better at getting testimonials. How do I do that? I got to get better at cold calling. I got to get better at email, direct response marketing. Then you drill down, mm-hmm. right? So it's long answer, but. No, it's perfect. It's, it's full of truth. so many, so many nuggets. And, and, and you can, I can feel, I can hear your, your experience and all, all that coming through. And th- those things are, you know, the, the nuance of what you're saying is, is looking at yourself and realizing I'm weak here. How do I fix it? How, going in there and, and, and finding the, the thing that I need to do over and over again. And that's hard. A lot. Most people cannot do that. They will not right. do that. Right. So go, go do jujitsu, get humbled. <laughs> yes. Then you won't worry about it anymore. Yeah. Right. Lower belts get me a good friend of mine. I'm, I'm a blue belt. My good friend, he's a brown belt. And I got him today for the first time ever. <laughs> that's uh, the best feeling. With an ankle lock. And, uh, but he's going 70%, probably 60%. And I'm going 100, 110. Uh, but I did get it. And, uh, and he's like, cool. Doesn't hurt his feelings. He right. does, he's, he's like, this is what happens. He's, it, what it does, it shows he's a good trainer because he, he teaches a lot um, in the midday classes. He fills in. He taught today. So he feels good that he's been a good teacher to me, right? Others would get angry. Oh, God, he got me. It's like, I got him one time. He, he, he got me three more times in five minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I'm better than him. You know, one time I did one thing right. And um, so when you, when you stay humble like that, right, you just, you'll keep going. So you got to stay hungry. So we got to fill up, fill in a word for, for, being a synonym for hungry, always be carnivorous, right? So, uh, <laughs> there we go. Another good C word. You're Although good. the You're vegans good. out there, they may not like it. So we got to find a vegan friendly word for carnivorous. I'll, I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'll something. Look up. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I'll put something in the show. <laughs> That's, I, I love the mentality. It's, it personally has taken me a long time to, 
to 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 get there and come past that. Like you were saying earlier, you know, just sitting back and 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 not blaming others when it's easy to say, you know, Bob fucked up. This was his deal. He he screwed me over. Like that's easy. And right. it's you can never get past that. And you can probably have a good life. But to to sit back and say, why did I choose Bob? How did he get me? What went wrong? That is hard. And it's taken me a, a, a long time to to get there. But once you do, it's it's like freeing. You, yeah. You it's know, always, nothing bothers you. It's always your fault. It is 100%. Once mm-hmm. you accept that, I remember Dan Kennedy talking about that. Like he he was driving to an appointment and and a kid hit him. I mean, it was the kid's fault by law, right? He said, it's my fault. I didn't leave on time. I, I, I chose this route instead of that. I was, I was like, I remember hearing that. I was like, that took me a minute to wrap my brain around. Yeah. It's like, okay, I see where you're going. Because you'll see people like getting a wreck. They'll get out. They'll fight each other. It's like, yeah. dude, the law is going to figure it out. There is a right. There is a wrong. But just roll with it, mm-hmm. you know? And you got to – because life is literally what, what you make of, right? It's how you respond. Mm-hmm. So, and when we see people getting upset about little things, I said I wanted a 298 degree whipped on my foam mocha macchiato. I mean, it's like, okay, if you, if you can get upset about that, you've yeah. got a pretty good life. Yeah. You know, the people in Venezuela right now, they ain't worrying about the temperature of their foam on their macchiato or whatever. I don't even know what those things are, right? They're literally going through dumpsters trying to eat. Yeah. And so we're, we're living in pretty good times right now. And you can tell by the problems, the quote unquote problems that people are having to endure. Yeah. You know, yes. It's a good time right now. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a lesson I'm constantly really trying to hammer home with my children. You know, I, I, I it's tough. And, and especially my, my daughter, she's like, I, 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 these can't be problems I ever have to worry about. And it's like, ah, oh, man, like, one day, I, I hope you, I hope you don't, but you're going to look back and say, I, I get it. But, you know, I try to, you know, one thing I like to say to my kids all the time is like, listen, this, this water in this toilet is better than 99% of the water in this planet people have to drink. Like, this is, we're flushing it away. And like, this is, this is good, good water that people would die for. Literally, they do, you know, and, and yeah. those, those lessons are tough. There was one of the big guys like Buffett or Gates, one, I don't remember, but it basically said like, what do you want for your children? And it was, it was like, basically to, to struggle through the tough times, you know, like I did to find themselves. Yeah. Right. I mean, basically it's like, it's the tough times that make you, that make you creative. Mm -hmm. You know, it's when inventions and big, big advancements are made. Um, You know, Warren Buffett, they they asked him like, what is he going to leave his kids? And, and he was, he was leaving them like millions, but he's not leaving them billions. You know, he said, said, I want to leave my kids enough money that they can do anything. I don't want to leave them so much that they can do nothing. Yeah, that's a danger. Right? So, okay, let me give you a few million bucks. There you go. You can, you can launch a business. You could start a foundation. You, I mean, that's the seed money to go do even bigger things. Yeah. But it's not, a, it's not really enough to sit on your butt for the rest of your life, you know, because you, you can go through a few million, no sweat, <laughs> believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, can, uh, I can birth some money pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> I always, uh, I joke with people at times, like, what would you do with the 500 million in the lottery? I said, that'd be gone by the end of the month. Like, that'd be so easy to <laughs> just churn through. You didn't believe how easy. Yeah. What, what is the, you know, the, the one or two things most, you know, either salespeople or business owners are not doing? Most, 
well, they're not accepting responsibility. That's true. Right. For whatever. Uh, and everything is, is connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, from a business standpoint, I always say people don't do business with you for one of two reasons. Either they haven't heard of you or they have. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's it. That's right. the only two reasons they have no business with you. So, so take a look around. So it's like from a business standpoint, what are you doing? You know, whatever you can measure, you can improve. Mm-hmm. So are you measuring the key things? Are you, you know, not sweeping things under the rug? You know, are you, if you're going through hell, right? Are you accelerating? You know, get through it. Don't stop. You know, so, and, and from there, so you really have to look at literally everything. How do you eat? How do you exercise? What's your fitness? You know, are you crashing? Are you, you don't have the energy and the focus to, to get through that financial report, get through that spreadsheet, to plow through QuickBooks and, and find out the little things. You know, just yesterday, I get um, a renewal from GoDaddy, mm-hmm. right, uh, for one of my URLs. It's like 18 bucks. And I'm like, they're usually like eight bucks. Yeah. Right? You're like, oh, that's no big deal. 10 bucks, 18, 18 bucks for a year. What are you worried about? That's right? barely a dollar a month, dollar fifty a month. You know, I'm like, it matters. It all matters. Okay. So I call them. I'm like, why is this? Oh, well, you know, this discount domain club you were in expired. I'm like, how'd that expire? I've, I've been on that for, for ever, right? Literally 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did that expire? That didn't renew, but my URL did. Right. Right. So on the one hand, I did miss the first one, but I caught the second one. And then, and then I benefited because they go, well, because it expired, if you do three years instead of two, we can do a 35% discount and it's $2 more than what you were paying for two years. I was like, sold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? But because I was able to catch it, mm-hmm. you know, cause the other one just, it just happened. It just expired, you know? And I mean, in my defense, I was traveling all last week. So I get a little break. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm fresh, right? I'm in shape. I'm watching what I eat. I'm paying attention to the little things in my business and it doesn't sound like much, but I have like 50 or 60 URLs. Right. Right. So an extra $10, well, that's an extra $600 over the course of a year. Oh, $600. I can, I can pay my, my overseas assistant for five months for, you know, cause she's just part time, right? A couple hours a day. Uh, so it, it all adds up. That's $500 I can run on a, on a Facebook ads campaign or something, you know? So you got to pay attention. The little things matter. You know, people are like, what's your big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Well, I want to be a billionaire and I want to have USC name a building after me. Fantastic. Wonderful goal. You want to cure cancer in that building. Lovely. Yeah. I've had multiple friends and family die of cancer. What are you going to do this afternoon to move that goal a little bit closer right well i mean um, well we got happy hour tonight and you know and i gotta catch up on game of thrones and you know so i mean tomorrow like tomorrow's too late yeah you're dead tonight well yeah too many people have these big hairy audacious goals and they don't know what they're going to do in the next hour Mm -hmm. you know so you got to get granular uh, to make it work What's your trick or, or, or thought process or methodology to getting granular? What is a couple of things you like to, to do to tease that out? Well, you, you have to have one priority, mm-hmm. right? You, you literally cannot have priorities, 
Right. It's just impossible. You prior is like what comes for what becomes comes before the other. Oh yeah, you can rack and stack them, you know. But if you're running around with with twenty seven to dos, you're you're not going to get it done. Yeah, definitely. You got to slow this thing down, man. Um, you, you gotta you gotta boil it down to its essence of what has to get done, and then get that done. But you know, like Zig Ziglar always said, if you got to eat a frog, there ain't no use staring at it. Mm-hmm. If you got to eat more than one, eat the biggest one first. Yeah. Okay. So have the big goals, the big to dos for the day. Get those done first. Mm-hmm. You know, then let everything out. If you have time, get to the other little things. Because it's amazing how many little things just work themselves out. Yeah. If you just let them sit over there in the corner and, and suck their thumb for a little while. Yeah. That's one of the great things I learned is a lot of times, like you're saying, uh, sometimes, you know, if you work on this one thing, will it take care of all these other things? A lot of times it will. Like if I knock this out, it'll rattle off five other problems I have or five other things I'm on my list of things to do. Definitely. What is, um, what is your, you know, the first maybe 60 to 90 minutes of your day, do you have any habits or routines that you, you really just got to do? Even you with your travel schedule and everything, what are the things you really just, I, I got to do today to just win? So get up early. Yeah. <laughs> so to get up early, you got to go to bed early. Mm-hmm. To go to bed early, you can't be pounding booze and eating heavy fat stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so have some discipline. Uh, so if you're going to eat heavy, eat early. Right. Right. Give your food, time to digest. So then you get a good night's sleep. Then you wake up early. When you wake up early, you can get going. Uh, a lot of people say, don't check email first thing. It's like, I, I personally don't check email first thing, you know, most days. Every now and then, I, though, I, I'll, I will, but it is rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to read in the morning. I like to write in the morning. Uh, so, you know, I get that done first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to be a morning workout guy, but doing jujitsu last two and a half years, you know, it's, it's a midday or it's an evening class. So I, I've adjusted my schedule in that regard. Uh, but, uh, most people, but I'm, I work from home so I can have that luxury, right? If you don't, then you got to get some physical activity in, right? You know, you got to take care of yourself, right? So regardless, like we were talking early on, all, all the ups and downs, you know, I've, I've never missed going to church and I've never missed working out, you know, at least not for any extended period of time. Right. right. You may take a week here or there, but you know, I've consistently stayed in the gym, stayed active since high school, mm-hmm. you know, so you got to take care of yourself. And um, so focus on that. And, you know, it goes back to your diet and, you know, I'm like I said, I'm 49. I trained hard. I've been really sore lately and I've been really digging in. And my wife and I just started this intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and man, I think might've finally found something. I mean, we tried keto and paleo and all this different stuff, man, and body for life. That, that was great for us 19 years ago, but um, that intermittent fasting seems to be working. So, you know, you got to look at what you put in your body and there's yeah. too many fake things. You know, to, I posted this a couple of months ago and so many people are like, do testosterone, you know? I'm like, dude, I mean, men and women, Yeah. you know, it's like, we're so quick to just put drugs in our body, medicate ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm like, maybe, right. Maybe I will, but I'm going to exhaust everything else. Right. Uh, and I knew I could, I don't eat terribly bad, but because I train hard, 
I, I kind of get to eat whatever I want. Right. So I'll eat burgers and fries and ice cream and whatever. But it's like, okay, the weight may be staying off, but mm-hmm. the inflammation, the soreness, the, the yeah. slow recovery, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be able to train six days a week. And uh, I've been hurting, right? I've been going three days, maybe four. And now it's like, man, I'm feeling good again. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I said, the little things matter. Everything matters. You know, yes. that one extra beer, that one extra donut, you know, the staying up, you know, just one more episode on Netflix. I mean, it, it adds up, it compounds. Yes. And so, you know, in um, the talk I gave last week was at TPC Sawgrass, uh, the Marriott. And so the whole theme of the conference was around golf. So I did some research and, uh, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, he just won the Masters. So it's his first major win in 11 years, yeah. first Masters win in 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone had written him off because he's like, I think, 42. Something, so yeah. I think he's the second oldest mm-hmm. to ever win the Masters uh, behind Jack Nicholas. Yeah. So the odds are against him, yeah. right? Just looking historically. Um, he shot 275 over four days. He beat three guys by one stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the key differences was that he made five putts from beyond 20 feet. All right. His top three, uh, top five closest competitors only made three cumulatively. Wow. Okay. So Tiger made five. So the other guys should have made, if they all made five, then that would be 25, right? Mm -hmm. But they made three. Wow. So whatever that math is, it's infinitely better. Yes. Okay. And he won by one stroke. So one stroke divided by 275, divided by four, Mm -hmm. okay, is nine one-hundredths of a percent. Tiger Woods was one or nine one-hundredths of a percent better every day for four days. And he won $1.2 million. Right. Uh, He got that off his back. Yeah. Or I'm sorry. No, I think he won $2 million, $2,070,000. I think that's right. Uh, the closest competitor, uh, th- so three guys tied. What did he make? Yeah, two million seventy. Um, three guys tied for second, so they earned eight hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars. Still not a bad earning for for a week's worth of work, right? Yeah. Uh, but that's a two hundred forty-one percent difference by being point or nine one hundredths of a percent better each yeah. day. But at least in golf, you make money for losing. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you and I are nine one hundredths worse than our competitors, we get zero percent of the sale. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that one extra beer, that extra fifteen minutes hitting snooze instead of reading, or working on your website, or making three more outbound calls, it all adds up. Okay, so you don't have to do like this miraculous, you know, thousand percent turnaround. Be one percent better today. If you normally make 30 calls, make 31. Okay. That's a 3% improvement by making one more call. Yeah. So it's, and it does, it adds up. You know, when I was a stockbroker that very short time, this mutual fund company came in, you know, the thing I remember them saying is that we, we overestimate what we can achieve in a year, but we underestimate what we can achieve in five. Yeah. Okay. So, have those big goals, 
but then have a plan to do something about it every single day. Definitely. That is amazing advice. I would like to say it a, a lot here on the show that 1% difference, you know, if it's every day, that's 365% improvement over a year. If it's just once a week, that's 52% improvement. I mean, if you're just doing it once a month, you're 12% better at the end of the year. Yeah, but the, the, the reality though, the reality is uh, because of compounding interest, mm-hmm. you're actually better than that. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But yeah, and in, in plain math, but yeah, if you're 10% better every month, you're actually 314% better every year. That's huge. You, you couldn't even imagine the difference in your life. Okay. 10% a month, three, four, three, 300 times, you know, three times better by the end of the year. Right. So got to love compounding interest. Yes, it, it, it is. It, it's, it's, it seems so simple. And, and the difference between like, like you're like Tiger Woods and the rest of the guys is, is that, that 1%. That's, that's the, the little extra, the little something else. That's the difference between the top, 5% of the people in the world and, and everybody else is just not going to do that kind of stuff. They're not going to well, take that. Yeah, it is, and it is the simple things, right? So my instructor, he's literally the best in the world at, at his level. And all we do are the fundamentals. We always laugh about, Oh, Hey, you, you've been watching YouTube videos, right? Cause you watch these YouTube videos. They're showing all these fancy moves. Yeah. And it's like, okay, yeah, maybe if I like, give, if, if you're, if you're competing to be like the best in the world, all right, you need to learn those fancy moves, but you better have the good fundamentals too. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, I'm not studying. My goal is not to be some international world champion. Right. Yeah. I want to stay in shape, do a couple of tournaments here and there, have fun, get better. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but it's the fundamentals. And I can't tell you how many times smaller guys, but, but more skilled, they beat me with just simple stuff, you know, but they've been willing, you know, for years to keep doing the simple stuff over and over and over again. So it, it makes a difference. That's the difference between a professional and a rookie, right? The, the rookie will do things so they can't. Uh, a rookie does things until they get it right. The professional does until they can't get it wrong. Exactly. Okay. That takes a lot of work. It does. What, it, what is, uh, you know, there a book or a course or something like that you wish you, you took earlier in life or you read earlier in life? Yeah, my own course, 30-Day Sales Growth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a course? I, I don't Whatever, know. Or a book or something that just really, you're like, dang, I wish I was 30 and I came across this. Or, or you know, whatever it is, there was there a moment in your life you're like, dang, I wish I knew this 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, well, there's, well, 10 or 20 years ago, it didn't exist. May, yeah, not even 10, but uh, Orrin Claff, I've had him on my podcast. Wow. He's great. He wrote uh, Pitch Anything. Yeah. Uh, the dude's done billions in deals. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, he's really boiled it down. Uh, really good. Um, there's a guy named Robert Ringer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote a book called winning through intimidation. Uh, uh, great book. Uh, most people haven't heard of it, but, um, and, and it's not as like mean or violent as it sounds. Mm-hmm. He was in real estate years ago and, and he was, you know, he was bringing, taking a private jet and bringing staff, you know, like literally carrying typewriters so they could, wow, you know, type out the paperwork right there. And, you know, he's doing these, these commercial deals. So he didn't want time to be wasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but you know, the idea, you know, wing through intimidation, it's like when you show up on a private jet and walk in with your staff, they're like, you know, you're, you're not trying to like bully them, but 
they're going to be impressed. And right. you're like, oh, hell, I better, I better be on my A game because this guy surely is. So, you know, understanding how you're perceived. Um, Chester Karras, one of the biggest things in my life, I took his uh, winning through negotiation class. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they still advertise. Well, I haven't seen them as much, you know, like on Southwest at least, but they used to have big pullouts. Yeah, I think they still do, like in the Southwest Magazine. Mm-hmm. But I took this negotiation class in, um, I don't know, around 2001. I remember it was a two-day class. I drove down to San Antonio from Austin. And it taught me how to see things from the buyer's perspective. And I learned buyers have processes, right? They have buying processes. Do you as a salesperson have a selling process? Most don't, right? You're just kind of winging it. So when you do wing it, good luck because you're literally betting your paycheck on it. Definitely. Those are great books. I will link those in the show notes for everybody that's interested in it. Um, I, I, I've, I love Pitch Anything. I, I, I did not take in some of his courses as well. Um, the other ones, I'm interested in checking those out. Thanks for the recommendations. Sure. Is there, what, what, what's the best place for people to, you know, learn more about you, learn more what you're up to, connect with you? Man, everything is accessible at thesaleswhisperer.com. Perfect. I will uh, link that in the show notes as well for yeah, everybody. Yeah, well social as, media. Social media links I put in the footer, right? And I think most people should put it in the footer because you don't want people clicking away. Yes. Okay. Yes, I want you to engage on social media if that's where you prefer to engage and consume content or whatever, right? But ideally, I want you opting in, you know, getting my free resources, scheduling a time to talk. Um, You see a lot of people, and especially they'll put their social media at the top and you go click and they're like, they're not active. Yeah. Right? Like they have two posts. Yeah. You're like, why, why are you sending me away? And the real killer is when they don't open it in the new tab or a new window. Right. If they open in the same tab, then you just sent me away. And despite, despite my own discipline and, and, and own efforts, it's like, oh, look, squirrel. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm off, yeah. I'm off debating college football and who makes the best whiskey and who's yeah. the best jujitsu. Like, oh, hell. I was, yeah. I was looking something up. Where was I? Oh, never. must not have been important. Yeah. Close and the I'm tab. Gone. I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. So put your social media stuff in the bottom, yes. but a minimum, make sure it opens in a new tab. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, all my stuff is there in the footer. Contact yeah. us. It comes to me, you know, so if you want to talk or learn about the different programs I've got, um, hit me up. And like I said, uh, all that will be easily linked for everybody. Don't, don't, don't get uh, crazy and, and, and have to try and write it down. We'll link all that easily in the show notes. And then, um, on the social community show, we like to do a weekly challenge, whether, you know, it's, it's from what we talked about or not, just to kind of, you know, inspire and implement some of these concepts and ideas that you, you have here. And I'd like to give you the opportunity to issue this week's challenge to the listeners. So I'd like to know, Wes, what's this week's challenge? So we're issuing a social media challenge? It's going to be on social media. It's going to be part of the, the podcast. I, I, I pull it out. I put it on YouTube. Um, just... It's going to live alone as well as being part of this episode. I want to challenge people to work on that 1%, work on these things. All right. Kind of thoughts. Do this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you listening? Are you recording? Yes. Are you taking notes? I am. Do this one thing. All right. Track your time in 15-minute increments for 30 days. Love it. All right. And it's easier than you think. What I do is I print my calendar out for the week, all seven days. 
And so obviously you're not waking up every 15 minutes while you sleep and write it down. Right. So if you have a four hour, eight hour thing, you know, you get a two hour conference call, God forbid, you know, Mm -hmm. you just draw a line conference call. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you're making prospecting calls for 90 minutes, just draw, you know, eight to nine 30 prospecting, mm-hmm. but, but start tracking it. If you can measure it, you can improve it. Yes. Okay. And have a piece of paper mm-hmm. or something about a pen in your hand and paper in front of you, literally have it at your desk mm-hmm. and carry it with you, fold it up, carry it in a binder, carry it in your back pocket, whatever. But you will, even on my own computer, like on my Mac, I, uh, it's set really low, but Every 15 minutes, it's just telling me the time. You know, it's 3 o'clock. It's 3.15. So it's a subtle reminder, keep going. Mm-hmm. All right? But it's – and give yourself, you know, schedule in some goof-off time. Mm-hmm. Schedule in 15 minutes in the morning. Check your Facebook. 15 minutes over lunch, 15 minutes in the afternoon. Okay, that's 45 minutes. That's a lot of time. Yeah. You can debate your politics, debate <laughs> your, your fantasy football league, check up on old girlfriends. You got 45 minutes is a lot of time. Then you'll realize, you know what? I can do this in 30. Maybe I can do this in 15. Now, all of a sudden, you got 30 minutes a day to read a book. If you read 30 minutes a day, you'll read most books in, I don't know, seven to 10 days. Yeah. At most two weeks. Okay. So now just from time you wasted on Facebook, let's say it takes you two weeks to read a book. Fine. You're going to read 26 new books in a year. Okay. Or can you read the same book 26 times, right? And apply what you learned. Yeah. So just by tracking your time to so do that. Yeah. I like, I, I love that. I have this uh, productivity planner. It's got something like that all kind of set out. I don't know if for people on the thing you can see, it's got the different blocks to check how much time you're spending 25 minute blocks. I love it. It's really been a game changer. Uh, things you think I do that in about 10 minutes. You look back and you're like, Oh, that's been an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And it is nice to, to do. It's really, really powerful. Good, good challenge. I love it. It's definitely a game changer. Amen. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? We didn't cover or any, you know, ask to the listener, any final parting thoughts you have for us? Uh, you know, do engage. Uh, I'm always surprised. I'm, I'm coming up on my 380th episode of the sales podcast, six years. Uh, and very few, I mean, I had my best month ever last month, so it's growing, right? So it's not like I only have like my mom and my sister listening. So, I mean, it's growing. Um, hundreds of thousands of downloads and people, they don't comment. They don't yeah. reach out. It's like, I'm not going to bite. I'm not going to use some Jedi mind trick to make you buy something you don't want to buy, you know, but leave a comment on this podcast, go shoot me a note on Twitter, wherever, just let me know you're out there mm-hmm. and engage, right? Let me know what you're working on and um, let's figure out if there's a way to work together. Uh, Cause if I can't help you, I'll tell you um, and I'll find you somebody that can help. So, um, so just come out of your shell. Definitely. Wes, thank you so much. Uh, you, you've had just an immense uh, a, uh, thing of knowledge and, and so much experience you brought. And I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Man, what a great interview. I know, man, just all those nuggets. He's got all that wisdom, all that experience. He's got some great stuff. And he's got a great mindset. And he's got a great experience. And this guy has been through so much and and he's so he's so so bright and so vibrant and so hopeful and so optimistic i love it i love the energy i love the i love the everything he has said the, the focus the everything it's just great and I'm, i hope you guys got a 
a lot of this, like I did, this is really, I got, I got a ton of notes here. I'm, I hope you guys took a bunch too. Um, like I said, everything will be linked in the show notes for you guys. Uh, if you guys head over to social slash West dot Schaefer, you guys can get around this thing, get onto these books and stuff and check out the other things he has got going on. If you're interested in upping your sales game and you know, if you guys don't know yet by now, we, we love doing giveaways. We love, you know, sharing the products, the services, the books, and the different things we find with you guys, you know, whatever it is that we can do to help make your life, your, your, your job, your career, your family, whatever, 1%, you know, whatever is better monthly or weekly or daily, like we did talk about in this episode. And we want to share these with you guys. If you're interested in, 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 in your chance to win these things we find that, you know, add value, add, add different things to your life, head over to socialmedia.show slash pick me. If there's something that you would like us to check out or, 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 you know, whether it's something you have or a company you work for or whatever it is, let us know. We'd love to give that a shot and see if we can get that into a giveaway. And if this episode, like always, is something of, of importance, of something of value you got, share with your friends, you know, share this knowledge, share, share these things. It's the best way to support the show. If you like what we got going on, like Wes was talking about, you know, you know, get with us on, the, on, on social media, leave a comment, leave a review for the show and connect with us. At the on Facebook, there's a discussion group there for you guys who want to talk more about this episode um, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you know, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, we got this on YouTube and your favorite podcast app for past episodes and links to everything we talked about here today. You can visit the socialchameleon.show. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, taking responsibility, and transforming to the person you want to become. Mm-hmm.